You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Before we get in, we know that this is not always an easy season. Um, and I know we've got, we've got very recent loss. Um, we've had we've had a lot since 2020. We've experienced a lot of difficulties as a as a church body as a, as a community. Um, and as I was sitting with this, I got to go hunting um, the last two days. And uh, the great thing about hunting is, if no deer come out, there's nothing to do. Um, and they didn't feel like coming out. I guess it was just time for me and the Lord to sit together, and we're just talking about this. And I fall asleep because I'm so bored. Um, there's nothing happening, and I fall asleep in the stand, and the Lord just begins to show me these people that we've lost, and they're gathered around this beautiful tree, and they're actually with Jesus. And I just, this joy flooded, just overwhelmed me what it is. He is the reason for the season, amen? We know this. No one doubts this. He's the reason we're all here. He's the reason we celebrate Christmas. Uh, we love this time of year because we celebrate the, the, the Son of God who became flesh. And not just started when He was strong. He started as we all start. And humble, more humble than any of us have ever started. But He, he decided to do all that. We, he's the reason. He's the reason that we're here. And we celebrate Him. I've grown up in church celebrating Jesus and, and just praising His name for what He did and the, the, the significance of this time of year and what it would be like to celebrate this day in His presence, to reach out and grab Him. And there, there's just joy, such joy, um, that the people that we love so dearly they get to stand next to him. They get to hold his hand and celebrate Christmas. And they get to watch over us. And I'm just, I'm so blessed. Uh, this is, uh, Cindy asked me to read this uh, before we get going. And this is just about uh, some details about her mom. Uh, the memorial service uh, for uh, Janet will be January 5th at Ropes, FBC, and friends and family and graveside. Th- those are still pending, but we'll get more details out. Uh, if you don't have... If Rhonda doesn't have your number or anything like that, uh, let me know and we'll make sure that you get those details on when that is. Uh, and this is just a little excerpt that Cindy wrote about her mom. If you guys uh, knew her, uh, you knew the fun that she was. She was one of the first people I met when I was here. Um, I walked in one day just to go to my office and there were just a bunch of ladies in the fellowship hall quilting. And I did not know what I was doing. I thought maybe I had stepped into the wrong place because no one warned me like, hey, we have a sewers club. They, they get all their equipment because it was a full-fledged factory for quilting um, in there. There were big old machines, and I didn't know where I was or what I was doing or if I had just messed up really bad. I didn't know. Um, but I met her, sweet, sweet, sweet and kind lady. You all know her and knew how wonderful she was. And uh, we just got some rain. And uh, if you all knew her, you knew that she loved to bowl. Um, that, and so every time, Cindy just wanted to share this, every time you hear thunder, mom's bowling in heaven. Uh, she wasted no time getting back to a hobby that she loved. And uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if there's p- stubborn bowling pins in heaven. You, you can throw a perfect shot. Every time. I think and, it, every time. And it can crash. Just, and it'll leave that ringing tin pin. I don't, I don't know, and man. So there's like bubble gum on that tin pin. 
I, I, am, I am a terrible bowler, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on the side of hope that when I go there, I won't have to use the bumper lanes, and all the pins are just going to fall down. Okay? So that, that's the heaven I, I want to go to, right? <laughs> and it's her, it's her birthday, so be praying for Cindy, but what a, what a birthday. She's got, she's got grandkids that she's sitting with um, that she's getting to hold for the first time on her birthday. Wow. Praise God. There's joy even in the hardest days. There's, there's beautiful things, right? The Lord, he, he, he makes beautiful things. It's what He does. Out of the dust, it's what He does. He makes beautiful things. Um, this morning, I've had this word as I, I've been thinking about it, and we were getting the calendar together um, as a staff, and we, we re, uh, saw that Christmas Eve was going to fall on a Sunday and that we were going to get to have a Christmas service. Um, and again, I can't tell you how excited I am to be here and just celebrate this day with you all. Um, you're my family. I love being with you. Um, but as I was thinking about this, the Lord brought a particular part of this story, a, uh, a viewpoint of this story that I had never thought of, I had never seen before. And so I want us to talk about this. This is, this is out of Scripture. This is, uh, we're going to read most of the story, the Christmas story. We're going to read quite a bit here at the beginning of this. So um, we're going to start in Luke 1. We'll be in verse 26. Um, and then we'll read through that and, and chapter two a little bit, and then we'll be in Matthew. Those should all, I think they'll be all on the screen. Wonderful. Dave's got it. He's the man. Um, okay, Luke 1, 26 is where we'll begin. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have been favored with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore a child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose, went with her haste into the hill country to a town in Judea, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth had heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord shall, should come to me? For behold, when I, for behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord." And now in chapter two, I, I also, I love, I love this. I love pointing this out. This is who, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, Mary. It's so, man, that's two women. All right. Significance again, 
I love this story because women are the ones that lead this entire story of Jesus. They're, the one, they're, they're at the beginning, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Both have encounters with the Holy Spirit. They're raising up the man. They're literally raising up the man who's going to pave the way and raising up the Messiah. That's pretty cool. That's kind of significant. And then as Jesus rose from the grave, who are the ones that witnessed the empty tomb first, and who are the ones that run to tell the disciples of what has just happened? Women. Praise God. There's significance in that, Right? In a, in, a, in a time when our society is attacking what it is to be a woman and the significance of what it is to be a woman, praise God that we have these examples, that the Lord started with women to pave the way because we're stubborn, us men. We needed y'all's help. You knew that a long time ago. You're anointed to get us there, right? Okay, chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, this was the first registration when Quirinius, or Quirinius, I don't know, was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace amongst those whom, with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And now we'll flip over to Matthew. And we'll be in Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of, of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, o ye, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained 
from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that had been seen, it rose and went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to, become, to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take your child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and he took the child and his mother, and they went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that... Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. Okay, I, oh. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth so that was uh, spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled and he would be called Nazarene. Okay, there we go. Now I'm done. Okay, so we just read, we were at the birth and the early life of Jesus. Um, and it all started, and this is, this is why it's different. We, I, I love the story of, of, of Jesus, but there's something that the Lord has for us today in, in the story of Mary. Um, and what it is, in particular, is that in Luke 28 through 30, all of this started with a conversation Mary had with Gabriel, right? All of this began with her having a supernatural encounter uh, with an angel and having this conversation. And what was the main thing? That he told her, uh, obviously, that she was going to she was going to have a child and all of these things. But how did he start this conversation? He started by coming to her and letting her know that she is favored, that she has found favor with the most high, that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the almighty God, she has found favor. He told her that she had found favor with the Lord. And they had to travel, they had to travel long distances, uh, have their firstborn in a barn, free from, from being hunted, uh, and then finally getting to return home. And this was, there, there's no doubt that this was a difficult story and an incredibly difficult start. From the moment she had that conversation with that angel, life was no longer easy for Mary. It was incredibly complicated. And there's more, you know the story, you know the story where Joseph is like, okay, I'm going to secretly divorce her to kind of save her for some shame. Um, and an angel appears to him. He's like, no, this, what she's saying is true. This is what has happened. And so he continues with it. But this, that's, that's not an 
easy place to start a marriage, I would imagine. That's not an easy place to start, especially in that time. You've got to understand, uh, in that time, this was, she, he could have sought her life for this. Joseph could have sought her life. Okay, and that's, that's important to remember, but they had a difficult story. And again, when did the difficulty start? The difficulty started when Mary found favor with the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Is that any of our mentalities or expectations when I say you have favor with the Lord to think, oh, so life's about to get really hard? Not a one of us goes there, right? Not a one of us goes there. We're all thinking like, I'm, I'm going to check my bank account every day. There's going to be some zeros in there. And there might be zeros, but probably not the good ones. Okay, that's not a guarantee that he's just going to start adding things to the account. Mary found favor with the Lord, and that's when the difficulty started. And we assign meaning to that word. I, as the Lord was talking to me about this over the last week, uh, talking to me about this word favor, and just kind of re-educating me on this word, and realizing that I have assigned meaning to that word that exists in this world, and we think favor, we think of worldly comforts. Right? That's the first place that we go. If you have favor, it's like, oh man, I'm going to have a nice house, like good job, friends, like I'm going to be loved by all these people. I, I, rem- I remember in, in this time of transitioning to be head pastor here and, and Randy talking about, about the favor of the Lord that was on me and I started getting expectations together and then my first Sunday, you know, what do you think my expectation was when I take over? Like, this is going to be awesome. I've got all these friends. I've got all these people that I've made connections with. Like, the church is going to blow up. It's going to be great. And I preached for months to an empty room, to a rinky-dinky camera in the back of it. But did that mean I didn't have favor? Or did that mean I assigned a worldly definition to a godly term? If the Lord says that you have favor, He's the only one that can define it. And sometimes it certainly does have worldly comforts. That Don't hear that if, you, if you've got a nice vehicle, you're a sinner and you're out of favor. That's not what I'm saying. There's favor. Every one of us in here can say with confidence that we have favor because there is not a one of us in here that the blood of Jesus was not spilled for. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? And there's a lot of things that can come with that. And yes, absolutely, it's, it comes with worldly favor. Every time that you have enough money to go to the grocery store to feed your family, is, is God not worthy of praise in that? Because you have a job. You got hired. You have a place that you enjoy working or that you can tolerate working. But the Lord is doing good things through you and in you. That's favor. But... The issue is that the worldly comforts and the things that we encounter on this plane are not the measuring of the amount of favor that the Lord has poured out on you. But that's what we do. We begin to measure the amount of favor that we have by the things that we possess. Right? And we miss it. And we miss on the real definition because when we do that, we don't recognize that God, the Father, saw Mary as the one to trust with who? The Son of Heaven. The Son of God. He saw Mary fit 
to be trusted with His one and only Son. Is that not favor? That is favor. That is favor. And He trusted her to be obedient to His direction. Because if she had said, no, no, we're not, we're not, I'm not having my baby in a manger. We're staying right here. The Romans can wait on taxes. I'm not going. Or if Joseph was like, no way, I'm tired. It's middle of the night. This sounds super uncomfortable. I don't even like Egypt. I'm not going. He trusted her to be obedient to his direction. And he trusted Joseph to be obedient to his direction. That was profound and amazing favor. But how many of us step out of the favor of the Lord that He has poured out because it doesn't meet our expectations and we miss the reward? We miss the reward. If Mary had checked out, she would have not have seen Him turn water into wine. She would not have, she would not have seen the miraculous nature of God and have a front row seat to it. Have a front row seat to the prophecies that they were told their entire lives. And she saw them in the flesh manifested before her eyes. Because she stuck through the difficult things. I had this conversation uh, this morning. But when the Lord, when there's favor, just go ahead and expect some difficult things. There's just going to be some hard things that come with that. The Lord is, He is good and He is gracious and He is going to make sure and mold you and transform you to make sure that you can handle the blessing He's got around the corner. And sometimes that looks like difficult times. Refinement is difficult. It's not comfortable for metal to be shaped, but it has to be put into the fire. It has to be made vulnerable. It has to be made weaker before it can be shaped into something stronger. And this is what the favor of the Lord does. And this is what we can find ourselves stepping into. But unfortunately, we step out because it gets difficult and we step out way too soon. Mary had the honor of raising the Messiah and he called her mom. Can you imagine that? I love the Chosen series. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's amazing. But I love the Chosen series because I love Jesus' interactions with his mother. That he taught, he, it's, it's not like you were my mother as a child, but now I know better and I am your Messiah, so worship me. No, it's, hey mom, like he's talking to her like a, a son talks to his mother. And it's a beautiful image and a beautiful relationship because God chose her to be his mom. And that's a profound and amazing thing. Mary had the honor of raising the Messiah. She had a front row seat again to the miraculous nature of God. And she prompted the first miracle. It was her that poked it out of him. Water into wine, right? Water into wine. Mary was such a significant part of this story. She saw firsthand what Jesus came to release in us. She saw firsthand what Jesus was doing that we could someday be a part of. She was, at, she was in the front row seat of this profound and amazing story. That is favor. And she never stepped out of it. She never left because it was uncomfortable or hard. She stayed because he said, and his word was enough. As soon as he spoke, his word was enough. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, how many of us or how many people that we know, even in my own life, I've had to learn hard lessons 
the hard way because I've stepped out of favor with the Lord because it got a little bit difficult and I thought I could make a better way for myself than he could and I made things infinitely more difficult. We step out too soon and we miss the favor and the blessing that the Lord has for us on the other side. And there is no doubt the riches that she has received in heaven. No doubt that they are beyond anything that we can imagine. She stayed in the favor of the Lord to inherit riches of an, inter- of an eternal nature. Of an eternal nature. Of an eternal nature. And sometimes we fall for this lie that we can provide for ourselves better in life than He can. We can write a better story than He can. I don't know how many times I've done this. It's, it's ridiculous because I have, I, I have to tell my kids certain things over and over and over again, and it's the most infuriating thing in the world. Like, my boys don't understand. Well, they understand in a moment, but they're like goldfish. And like 30 seconds later, they've forgotten the lesson. That our couch is not the trampoline. It's not the jungle gym. It's not a wrestling match. It's not the place to practice your, your diving football catches. Um, it's also not a trash can, right? I love Kai so, so much, but he will eat and then he stuffs into cushions because he doesn't want to get up because our house is just so big that he can't walk around the corner to the trash can. Our house is not big. It's, it would be really easy even for his little legs, Okay. But I get on to my kids and I was thinking about this the other day and the Lord just, I was so, I was just sitting there so mad. Like, why do I have to keep telling them this? And the Lord's like, why do I have to keep telling you these things too? I'm like, shoot. All right. Come on, man. Give me a break. They're jumping on the couch. All right. I can't afford a new one. They're jumping on it. Tell them to stop, Lord. Um, But we do this all the time. The Lord has to get on to us about the same things over and over and over again. If we would just stay. If we would just trust that his word, when he speaks to you, he is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. He is going to release blessing beyond your wildest dreams. He is going to pour out favor beyond anything that you could ever understand. But that does not mean that the days are always simple. That the story is always easy. Without bumps in the road, without difficulties, without highs and incredible lows. Incredible lows, but there is favor upon you. We fall for this lie. But church, I want you to hear this this morning. As I was praying and praying for you this week and just thinking about this place and thinking about how grateful I am, how excited I am to be with you on Christmas Eve, the Lord just continued to tell me that you in here, you individually, you have favor beyond anything that you can imagine. Not just, not, not just favor to be a son, not just favor to be a daughter, not just favor to be a vessel that carries the Holy Spirit and establishes the kingdom of heaven here on this earth, not just favor to enter the kingdom of heaven when we leave from this earth and we go into and we, we get to enter into the kingdom, and not only to just enter into the kingdom, but to enter into the kingdom as royalty. You hear what I'm saying? As royalty, not just as people that are members of it, not just residents there, but you are royalty in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, so not just those things that are true about anyone that says yes to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Not just those things. 
But you have favor right now that is so specific for you, such blessing and such purpose and such miraculous and wonderful and amazing things that the Lord has in store for you that is only for you and He is going to do profound and amazing things for you. You have favor. Church, wake up every day and live according to that favor because that favor is the seal of authority that is over you. Wherever you go, every atmosphere bends to you because the favor of the Lord is upon you. The favor of the Lord is upon you just as it was upon Mary. Because we have been entrusted. Not just, we, we, none of us carried the flesh of Jesus. But we have all been favored with the ministry of reconciliation given that ministry that Jesus created. How profound is that? That He saw fit that you were the one that needed to take it over. You needed to be the new CEO. You needed to be the one running the organization. You needed to be the one leading and establishing the kingdom of heaven through the Holy Spirit. It was to be you. You have more favor than you could ever know. The Messiah calls you a brother, calls you a sister, a friend, and a co-heir. You are a member of the royal family who rules the kingdom that created the universe. You have more favor than you can ever fathom. So do not give up on it when things get dark. Press ahead because you are born for greatness. If you are a child of God, there is only to be greatness in your story. That doesn't mean that difficulty is not found in there, but there is greatness and there is victory. And that is what you are made for. You're not made for anything else but greatness and victory. You hear what I'm saying? You have favor just as Mary did. I, I pray that we can recognize the truth of that in this new year. I'm so excited for the new year and the things that the Lord's going to do, the promises that we're going to see answered. I'm so incredibly grateful to be here for such a time as this because the Lord is going to do profound things in 2024. And it starts with us recognizing that everything He calls us into, you are favored to be successful in it. He does not call you into things that will defeat you. He calls you into things where you will have triumph. Amen? You are made for victory and nothing else. I pray that that would be the banner that we live under in 2024, that I am a child of victory, period. Full stop. I'm a child of victory. So anything the Lord calls me into, anything the Lord says that is for me, there will be victory. Anything, any promise that the Lord has made you, there's victory. It will come. You will see it because you are a favored child of God. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.